At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Signs are everywhere. Let me tell you they are everywhere. Man, you know, as he walks through the valley of the veil, as he walks through this great veil of tears, he begins to learn a little, little something about living, you know. He begins to observe the signs and the portents. He, he, he sees the moss growing on the sides of trees. And he can hold up his finger. And he can detect which way the wind is blowing. Oh, yeah. He can detect which way the wind is blowing. And it is blowing in many directions now. Everywhere. Everywhere. The great tidal wave of history is beginning to engulf us. Things are sneaking up in the darkness behind each and every one of us. Everyone. No question about it. For example, I read a letter that comes from a very simple burger, a simple citizen of Queens. Oh, the signs are everywhere. Oh, friends, I cannot tell you how deeply, how deeply the signs are inscribed into that vast granite face of man. I, I read. A few days ago, the suspicion began to creep along my tendrils that a great event had occurred. And this is a, is, a, is a writer from Queens. That a great event had occurred. One very fine morning as I was, as I was cooking myself in the sun, I noticed several very muscular, tightly built birds digging their subsistence out of my back lawn. Their alertness amazed me. And their attitude was that of someone who had discovered a hidden secret and knew very well where the important clues were hidden and was not about to tip his hand. One would have expected one of these creatures to stand up on a rock and announce that he had solved the mystery of existence while standing at attention. Intrigued by this bird, and being of a curious nature myself, I proceeded to find out what species it was from my bird book. I decided, after looking over all the pictures and reading all the descriptions, that it could be only one kind. But the ones I had seen were nevertheless drabber than the book variety. I closed my book with doubt and uncertainty. And I left the matter rest there until today. Upon observing three more of these birds, there is no longer any doubt. No longer a shred of doubt. Just a few minutes ago, three birds paraded before my window. One, a metallic green, as seen in the book. The other two were drab brown. I had seen these before. Yes, Mr. Shepherd, today we must celebrate, or perhaps we must go down on our knees. The starlings have come to Forest Hills, and they're bigamists, too. So don't, 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 oh, the signs are everywhere. Starlings are not the only forest friends that is hell-bent on destroying a supposedly superior human being. I quote, all everywhere there are things that are planning, making preparations. And it's not just Americans, it's all of mankind. I now quote from, from an item that came from the Philadelphia Evening Bulletin, a paper that sits somberly like a large toadstool overlooking the Schuylkill River. Please, Don, if you will, if you will, another force hell-bent 
mankind in battle. Mankind faced once again with the realization that he is not alone in the universe. That there are many forces, indescribable forces, that are bent upon his eventual destruction. Alert! Mankind, alert! this soak in here enough so that you get ready. I will award the Brass Freakley Bronze Oak Leaf Palm if you can tell me whose theme song this was. No, no, no. Oh, there are forces on all sides of us. We are in battle. A runaway bulldozer went on a tear in South Philadelphia Monday night inexplicably. But met its master momentarily in patrolman Paul Rawlings. Patrolman Rawlings leaped aboard the snorting, clanking machine and rode it down like a champion bronco buster. But by the time Rawlings found the right button, the bulldozer, in solo performance, in a rampaging, roaring scene, had chewed up three manhole covers, 200 yards of new curbing, and a couple of Philadelphia traffic poles in one great slash across the city of Philadelphia. Rawlings and his partner, Frank Barone, were headed south on 10th Street in their red car in pursuit of an automobile speedster. When suddenly, get the scene! Quick! Hurry up, set it back. Oh, we've got, we can't have... No. That's it. Hold it now, hold it. Hold it now. Now, I'll give you the cue. Uh, hold it. Now, now, set it back. Now, now, set it back. No, 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 set it back to that point. All right, now get the scene. They are driving along 10th Street. Driving along 10th Street. They're, they're pursuing their duty. When suddenly, out of the darkness... Out of the darkness loomed a monster... Smoke belching from its exhaust, its diesel exhaust. It weighed 16 tons. It was lumbering along all by itself in reverse, apparently having been started somewhere by perhaps heat traction. Rawlings crawled up onto the bulldozer's cab. He pulled levers. He screamed for help. Help! Help! Radio headquarters for help! And the 16-ton monster plunged along, knocking down lampposts, chewing up curbs, manhole covers, flying in the air, until finally, after 200 yards of this, the machine all by itself stopped. monster came out of the darkness, chewed up 200 yards of curbing, knocked down three traffic control poles, stoplights to you, threw seven manhole covers in the air, and then, that's what I wanted all along. Give me that. That's it. Mankind to the rescue. We'll stop it. Frank George, we'll stop him. Just in the nick of time. 
things get on with it, will you? <laughs> oh, I mean, that is a thrilling eye. Can I, that, that's a wild piece of music, you know. Uh, Rossini threw everything he had in it. And, and uh, <laughs> give, me, give me that one big boom. Do you, I, I will award you, I'll tell you. Since, wait, in just a minute, hold it. It's cue it up now and hold it there. That's the place I want it. Now, I will award you. Because they never, yeah, they played this part on the show, too. Can you find the part that goes It's at the beginning of the second movement. See, you'll find you'll find that the first movement goes along. It's a quiet pastoral movement. It's describing the Swiss countryside, incidentally, in case you're interested. And it's the opening. Yeah, just look for it, Don. You'll find it in there. You mean you've only got one record? Only one record? Oh, that's got to be in there. Oh, I see. It's disappeared. Somebody took that part home. Uh-huh. One of our friends here. Well, I'll tell you this. I will award the Brass Figgie, honestly, with bronze oak leaf palm. You know, it's a funny thing. The opening of that, the opening of that show, which without even... Oh, I'll, I'll do the whole thing. I'll, I'll say. I'll, I'll say. In the legends of the old west. Oh, you remember that? In the legends of the old west, a masked man and his faithful Indian companion Tonto ride again. The Lone Ranger rides again. Oh, you got the pastoral in there. Give me the. Give me the gasser. All of a sudden, I keep getting this tone poem in here. I mean, the Lone Ranger would run out of gas for the first five minutes against the old sheriff with that one. All right, let's try it again now. Deep in the annals of the Old West, there is a legend, the legend of a masked man who came out of the East to right the wrongs, to right the lawless, and to set the trail that was to be followed by all the Western pioneers for centuries to come. He was a masked man. He rode a gigantic horse named Silver, and he rode with his Indian companion, his faithful Indian companion, Tonto. The masked man rides again. hi Silver! Adventure starred Brace Beamer in the role of the Lone Ranger. Remember, kids, try Silver Cup. The next time you hear, hi, Silver! Hi! Music makes you want to jump right up and start a fist fight, doesn't it? <laughs> and at this point, he would describe the adventure. 
He would say, Sheriff Frank Conroy was having difficulty with onrushing, oncoming veterans of the Civil War who had moved in their lawless way into the Old West, rampaging, making the West a cesspool of sin and vice. Frank Conroy was at his wit's end when the lovely... And then he describes the sheriff's, the sheriff's daughter. When his lovely daughter Miriam was suddenly spirited away from the ranch house. And that night there was a knock at the door. Who's there? Who's there? Who's there? I'm the mask man. You remember the mask? And, and the, the sheriff used to always say, Mask man, we don't tolerate mask men in this country. George, get it, pin his arms behind him. Mask men, we'll take that mask off of you. Here, Tunnel, Tunnel, here, quick, quick. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, Silver, hey, 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 carried away by being carried away. Uh, speaking of uh, faithful Indian companions, this is WOR, uh, AM and FM, New York. And uh, we'll be here until, oh, you know. I mean, you know. I'll tell you, though, I, I, I really will. I'll, I'll award the, the bronze palm for a listener duty above and beyond. If you can tell me... Now, don't look like that, because this is an important question. Can you tell me what the Lone Ranger did before he went west and became the Lone Ranger? And why did he wear a mask? Aha! What kind of an American are you? Kimosabe. Can you tell me what Kimosabe means? Kimosabe. He said, Kimosabe, me tanto. Me tanto, faithful Indian companion, Lone Ranger. Me tanto. And he used to say, Tonto, hurry to the town, disguise yourself as a collie dog, look into the window and see whether or not the sheriff is preparing to put together a posse to drive the rustlers out of the South Forty. I'll wait here. Hmm, ugh, ugh, kimusabe. <laughs> oh, I owe silver away. I owe... Speaking, speaking of coming to the rescue, we have with us today the electronic workshop. And then if you've been if you've been having the, 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 the troubles that people constantly have with the electronic equipment in their home, that you, and I'm not talking about please don't think that your your vacuum and your iron are is you know, people think anything they plug in is electronic. <laughs> no, 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 I mean things like television sets. I mean things not, not but things like hi fi is what we deal in. 
things like preamplifiers. We would like to say this, that of all the places that I have known over all the years I have fooled with electronic equipment, I know of, I, I know of only three places that I have come across. Three. And two of them are not in Chicago, not in New York. Two of them are in Chicago. Places that I know where you can really take some equipment or buy equipment and know that the guy you bought it from is going to be there the next week and you can argue with him. You don't argue with a catalog. Very few guys have successfully done it via order blanks, believe me. I'd like to point out that the electronic workshop is the one hi-fi place that I know of in a long way that, that will stand behind its equipment and will make it really worth your while for coming down to buy, you know, to buy from them. It's, it's worth going there in a lot of the intangible ways. First of all, you, you save money to begin with. Many of the things that they sell down at the workshop are much lower in price than in other places around town. But this is beside the point. Uh, they, they, are, they don't make a big deal about price, even though their prices are competitive with anybody in the market. The thing that they do sell, that most of the bigger places cannot sell, is this one guy behind the counter that you can argue with, who never argues, actually. I remember a thing that happened one day when I was at the workshop that I remember very well. Was a, I never saw anything like this happen in a business house. Some guy came in, and I was, I was standing around there, and I, I was buying, by the way, in case you're interested, I was buying a KLH speaker, an enclosure. And uh, I, was, I was making the deal, and I was standing there talking to one of the guys, and Len, who is the, the head man down there when Cliff isn't around. By the way, if, if you, this, this is a guy to talk to if you have electronic problems. Anyway, uh, Len, Len went over to see this customer, and he was the Wilcott Gibbs type. You know what I mean? The, 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 the genteel New Yorker reader type who prides himself on not knowing anything about the modern world, the technicians, and the, the whole business. I just turn the knob, you know, and the music comes out. This sort of thing. And he takes a great pride in saying that he can't drive a car well. We have a, this is a kind of an inverse snobism, you know, of people who, who pretend they can't drive, who can't work anything. Anyway, what's the matter, Jan? You look very, very, very bored or something. Uh huh. This, this guy was that type, tall, thin, with white hair, and that look about the eye. And he says, well, he says, I, I heard that if you buy a, a good pickup cartridge, that, that the music will be much better. And uh, he had read an ad for a cartridge that costs around $45. It runs to about 55 or 60 installed. And Len was talking to him, and believe it or not, Don, this is a fact, he was talking him out of buying this cartridge because he was telling him the obvious fact that with the equipment that he had, this cartridge was completely out of line. It would be like buying racing tires for a 1936 Ford. You know, you just don't need it. Uh, it's just silly. It's, it's, uh, it's impossible to use. And so, it's like, honestly, it's like buying a $400 electron microscope for a, three, a kid who's three years old and he wants to look at butterflies. And so, he, he says, uh, I heard that this was a very good pickup. A very good pickup of good instrument. I'd heard this somewhere. And Len was saying, look, uh, sir, uh, really, <laughs> this would be a waste of your money to do this. And the man could not understand it. He felt that somehow he was being taken now because the man would not take his money. And the easiest thing that Len could have done would be say, all right, fine, wrap it up, $45, well and start, yep, take it away. He could have done this. 
And that is, by the way, what 97% of them do, knowing full well that the poor guy is going to, you know, is going to be useless. And so he wound up selling him a $19 ceramic cartridge, which was perfect for what his use was, and installing it free. The guy had this, his, his cartridge head there, you know, it was a plug-in head. And all, all Len did was install it in five minutes and give it to him, and he went out. And he suspected, I could see all the way out, that somebody had given him some kind of a bag. <laughs> He'd only been saved $40, you know. And th it's this kind of an operation. And I would suggest that if you are planning to buy any electronic equipment, Harman Kardon, they have, they have the, the whole line of, of the, the magnificent Harman Kardon FM-AM tuners, the, the new stereo tuners, the ones that, that are, are set up for the new multiplex systems. Have you seen any of that system work, that new FM system? Well, well this, this is really something to see. And if you're looking for a good tuner to listen to AM and FM, I would suggest you go down to, to the electronic workshop. They have a great big display of used equipment, too. But the number to call if you have problems with your hi-fi equipment or you're afraid that you don't want to commit yourself, call Gramercy 30140 and ask them, you know, just ask them what kind of a system they can put together for what you can afford. And by the way, the midsummer is this is the period to buy electronic equipment, believe me. Hardly anybody buys hi-fi equipment at this time, and so hence you, you get a much better deal both as a trade and as a, as a, as a cash buy. You'll find this to be very true in all of the hi-fi places. Wait another month and a half or two months, and you're right in the middle of the big buying rush again. You know, hi-fi has become a cycular thing. Are you, are you aware of that? It sells in cycles like cars, and this is the time to do it. Gramercy 30140, West 8th Street in the village. It's the electronic workshop. Can't you just see Len coming in with his soldering iron red hot and your, 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 your preamp has, has blown up and they say, here he comes, high-oh, silver, Len to the rescue, the electronic workshop is here again! Hooray! That takes care of that buzz once and for all! It was uh, simply a transistor, madam. <laughs> I just couldn't help it, you know. I'm sorry. I mean, really. But sorry. Uh, I, I, I suppose, though, you know, as we, as we, if, if you feel occasionally from time to time, I'd like to say this, if I may. Come to order, all of you out there. Have you noticed that in every one of the courtroom dramas, that after every comment by the witness. There is always a group of... Order in the court! Order in the court! We'll have to clear the courtroom! <laughs> I, I just couldn't help it. Because, you see, I, I was sitting in front of a... I have a feeling that I'm in, I'm in imminent danger all the time now, ever since I began to look at, occasionally, the afternoon courtroom dramas. Because, have you noticed, have you ever looked at any one of these dramas? If any of you, if any of you ever have the chance, I would like to suggest you do something. Some afternoon, watch one of these real-life courtroom dramas, you know, a continual trial that goes on and on. Have you seen these on TV? These things are very significant because they tell a great deal about what the common man feels about law. First of all, every witness who comes up before the bar who is going to testify 
winds up being made to look suspicious, a sinister character. Have you noticed that on all? Have you noticed in the Perry Mason shows, every witness is made to look like he somehow secretly was the one who was responsible for it. And then, have you noticed also that almost invariably the the uh, the lawyers on both sides of the case have a sinister eye? They walk back and forth and they say, "And all right now, do you mean to tell me? Do you mean to sit right there in that chair with your hand raised to God?" Looking out over this this assembled multitude of your peers, you mean to tell me that you're emptying the ice pan, the ice drip pan under your ice box the night of Friday the 13th, that Thursday night of July, when Harold M. Murchison was found weighted with seven sash weights at the bottom of the East River, and you mean to tell me that cock and bull story? And the man sits there and looks and he says, Well, uh, well, I, 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 I think it was... Friday the 13th, I, 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 I'm not sure. That's right, you're not sure, are you? You are not sure. I object, I object. The other waiter, I object, I object. You see, the point that I'm making is that the average person suspects that the law is a terrible dark ogre that's waiting to grab him. That if he ever gets near it, in any context, in any way at all, he is go- and, and you'll find it everywhere in New York, Guys will be getting robbed on one street corner, and other guys are walking fast in the other. I don't want to get involved in it, they say. Why? Because they're afraid of it. Men are suspicious of the law. And so, as you make as you make your drama about the law court, the law is a capricious thing. Do you notice that? There's no such thing as justice. There's only luck in the law. That if Perry Mason got caught in a traffic jam for, and was held up for four minutes, every one of his clients would go to the electric chair. Everyone. <laughs> Believe me, everyone. And if and, and these afternoon courtroom dramas, if somebody didn't break down just thirty seconds before the final commercial, break down and blurt out. They always blurt out the the, the, the blah, I did it, I did it <laughs> If they never broke down, the poor innocent guy invariably would go to jail. Now, what, what would happen if Perry Mason not only got caught in a traffic jam, but the witness that finally broke down didn't break down at all? This is secretly what everybody suspects. And everybody suspects the law of Chicago. That's why millions of people secretly believe that Carol Chessman not only was not guilty of anything, for 56 different times when he was brought in, he was railroaded every time. It's this deep suspicion everybody has of the law. And it's a fascinating thing to watch. When you say, I'm sitting there watching this courtroom drama, and I'm reading it, you're going to sweat. Any minute now, you know, if a, if a cop walks over and asks me what time it is, well, I don't know, no, I, 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 time, time, uh, what, what would you say? What time is it, sir? What time is it, sir? Time, you know, time, you have a watch. What time is it? Uh, uh, um, five minutes to five, uh, five minutes to seven. Five minutes to seven, let me look at that watch. It's ten minutes after seven. Ah, uh, light's bad. Uh, come with me. Come with me. Ah, uh, I, 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 uh, uh, no. I, I want to call my lawyer. Lawyer, you will not lead a lawyer where you're going. <laughs> we all have the suspicion. You know, isn't this true? There's a great deal of truth, you know, and you see it in the popular drama. You really do see truth about the secret, the secret fears that all of us have are in the popular drama, not the serious drama. Never the serious drama. Because this is self-conscious. 
It's the day-to-day pouring out, uh, the, the, the soap opera life. These are the secret worlds. Speaking of secret worlds, those of you who have become involved in reading The Village Voice are very much aware of the fact that The Village Voice is a kind of secret world. You, you know what I mean by secret world? That, that it, is, it is a complete world all of its own. And, and it's, it's a world that really is, of course, there's no sense in, in trying to separate one world from the other. You know, one of the, one of the most amusing things that I hear all the time on the radio is, and now in the world of news, the world of news. I mean, do I live in the world of news? And then three minutes later, the, guy, the same guy will say, and now in the world of sports. I mean, do the guys who live in the world of sports also live in the world of news? In other words, does the second baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals, is he under the same pressures, world pressures, as I am since I live in the world of, of what is it, you and me? Do you live in the world of news, you know? But, but the world of the village voice is, is, in the essence, the world of all of us. But it's, it's the side of the world that hardly any of us ever see. It's, it's the world of ideas. It's, it's the world of, of people who want to say something, and even if they often say it badly, what they say is quite often important. And many people say nothing in the village voice superbly. You see? Which is another interesting thing. And, 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 and I found that the ones who say nothing, the better, the best of all of them, are the ones who invariably become famous. But that's just, you know, that's all a side issue. But it's, it's a beautiful show. I, I look at The Village Voice as a constantly passing show. It really is. This, this paper has, has reported and recorded all kinds of things, and it's constantly referring to its past, and it's referring to the future. And in just a few years, it has become one of the most important international newspapers in America. It is read widely all over the world, you know. In fact, more people probably read it in Paris than read it in Queens, <laughs> sadly enough. Uh, sadly for the people in Queens, I might point out. And if you would like to, and the only way to know about the voice is don't, don't pick it up on the newsstand or read one, one issue. I mean, it doesn't do you any good. It's like reading one page out of a book and deciding whether you like it. Because the voice really is a continuing thing. I would suggest you pop for $3 for a subscription. And if you don't, I, I'll tell you this, that if you don't like it, if after you get this paper for six weeks, you just call them up and say, I, 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 don't, want, I don't want the paper anymore, send me my dough back, and I know they'll do it. But this, this just doesn't happen. You become hooked. Give them a call at... Are you right? Now, now listen, don't call here. People keep calling here. It's Watkins 44669. Give them a call right now. I mean, give, it's, it's Secret World Editor is on duty at this moment. He, he, uh, he reports on, you know, and now for our news from the Secret World, here is uh, Watkins 44669 in New York, and you can reverse the charges. In fact, they, they want you to. So no matter where you're calling from, Philadelphia, the Lost Continent, no matter where you're calling from, just reverse the charges, and they'll pick up the tag. And they'll send you a bill, and you're in business. It's Watkins 4, 4669, $3 for a year, the Village Voice, WA4. And, and while we're on the subject of the Voice and the Village, Right down the street from The Voice, just around the corner and a couple of little jogs over, The Village, you know, is a, is a solid little community within our community, is Ying and Yang. Ying and Yang, which I believe is one of the, one of the finest, one of the finest oriental restaurants 
in, in these United States. As a matter of fact, one of the gourmet magazines recently, as we've pointed out to you many times, uh, designated the Yin and Yang restaurant as one of the five top oriental restaurants in the East. In fact, they said, what they said was in the entire United States, but that's playing it pretty big. Even I won't claim that. But it's a magnificent restaurant, and they are open Saturday night. They're open Sunday. They have a bar. They're open seven days a week. And it's a great place to go for lunch. Uh, if you if you are a businessman type and you go out for lunch, you will find that Ying and Yang is a, is a really interesting place to take somebody where, where the prices aren't high and the food is magnificent, and they'll, they'll really dig it because it is unusual. Uh, they're open every day at 12 noon, and they close about 10 or 11 or sometimes as late as 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. They're open usually after the theater. You will find them open tonight after the theater, for example. It's Ying and Yang at 82 West 3rd Street. Ying and Yang, the old Chinese philosophy of dark and light and sweet and sour, which is embodied in their food. Ying and Yang. And uh, that, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing that they do specialize in. They specialize in northern Chinese food. Uh, most places that you eat in, what we generally call a Chinese restaurant, uh, most of them have southern Chinese. But this is a, a kind of a combination of Polynesian, northern Chinese, southern Chinese, all sorts of, of interesting stuff. Ying and Yang, 82 West 3rd Street. And above anything else, ask for their chicken wing appetizer. I mean... I mean, being a wing on a chicken. <laughs> being a wing on a chicken. You know, there's a funny thing about about that 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 whole mystique, that whole mystique of 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 food. Have Have you noticed that in our time, food and eating food has become a major social event, a really major social event. I mean, this is the social event of the day. I mean, even if you're just sitting at your desk and eating a sandwich, somehow it's a social event. It has become a moment of importance. And, and you walk up and down the streets on the, on the east side of New York, and you realize that one of the major industries in this town is the lunch industry. Now, when I say, I don't mean food industry. I mean selling lunch, the whole business of lunch. The Some of these places have rotten food, but they sell Lunch, and I mean lunch in the sense of the credit card. They sell the whole business, you know. The whole. You know that I know some guys who, who don't even wear hats or coats, but will not go into a restaurant unless there's a check room. I mean, you see, you see the point of what I mean about selling lunch. I remember one time. I mean, speaking of, of uh, eating, and since this is a, a habit that all of us have been trying to break. I'm sure. Did I ever tell you about the guy I met in Chillicothe, Ohio? There, was a, uh, there is a guy in Ohio who has not eaten in over 25 years. He broke himself of the habit of eating. Seriously. Say, you know what he does? No, you know what he does? How, how, he, how he gets... He drinks water. He says there are minerals in water. He drinks well water. It has iron in it, you see. It has iron. It has uh, sulfur. It has calcium. He drinks a lot of well water, and he breathes deeply. And he lives, he lives within maybe four or five blocks of a big stand of trees. And he claims that these trees give off various, like they'll give off oxygen. The trees will, you, you know the smell you smell when you get near to, to, to leaves and foliage? He says this is the same, the essence of the same vitamin that you get out of green vegetables. 
It's there. And so he breathes deeply. And once in a while for dessert, he goes down and stands in front of the planter's peanut shop and breathes. Or he, he walks he walks into, a, into an ice cream. Really, he hasn't, he hasn't, everyone is saying, oh, come on, Shepard. No, this is true. He has not eaten in over 25 years. And uh, he's, you know, he's, he's sure he's, he's rather thin. Uh, he's a tall, he weighs, you know, he's, you'd never know it. But it's fascinating to see this guy having lunch. It's incredible. I mean, it's an intriguing thing to see this guy just standing there, just... And, and uh, it's funny, when he invites you out to lunch, he invited me out to lunch one day, we stood around for a while, and we, we went down, and he says, uh, it took me for a real treat, he took me down to this fruit stand, and we stood in front and just breathed. And, uh, you know, we had a walk past a wine shop, breathed a little bit, and went home. But I felt clean, you know. I felt wonderfully clean. And so this, this whole business, you know, this whole mystique of eating, has, has, it's really largely habit. Speaking of habits, we have with us Lufthansa. Hey, I'd like to tell you something about eating. Did I ever tell you about the place that, that I know next, oh, it's about a block and a half away back on one of the side streets, back of the Bayerischerhof in Munich. I, I'm, I'm sounding very much like a world traveler type, you know. It's, I'll tell you one of the greatest sensations of world traveling is to travel to the point where when you arrive in a foreign country and a foreign city, you go back to a restaurant that you have gotten to know and you have been there several times and it is as familiar to you as, let's say, Needix at 40th and 6th Avenue. That's a great feeling. It's a wild feeling. And the last time I was in Germany, I went into this restaurant, which I happen to know there. I've been in there a couple of times on several previous trips. And I went in. I walked right in. I knew where the door... You know, the whole thing, you're completely at home. I walked in and I sat down and the, the waitress came over and spoke to me in English. She says, Well, we are very pleased to see you here. And, and uh, how are you again there? How, where have you been? And I says, Oh, you know. I've been. And, and she went away after I had made my order, and I sat there and I thought, Shepherd, for crying out loud, you are a world traveler, a bon vivant, a sophisticate, a member of international society. And I ordered my kartoffelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfelhumpfel
vicarious living. Hardly any of us. And do you know one of the reasons why there has been a great growth of classical music collection in America is because more and more people are living vicarious lives and, 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 and having vicarious emotions, which music gives them? You know that? This is a fact that if you were really living these emotions, you wouldn't need them. If you really lived like this, you would not have to say, Hey, oh, sower! Put it on the high fly and stand there, you know, in front of this gigantic woofer speaker. And suddenly, the Indians are riding again. My faithful Indian companion, Tano, is just about to return with another sheep of silver bullets. Hey, oh, sower! Never, let's, let's use that as a theme today, Don. Come on. Never in the annals of the Old West was a man so equipped, was a man so ready, a man so willing indeed to ride out, to, to, to... Come on, let's go! hey Silver! go. Hey, Don, quick. Hello, hello. Before we go, it's all an illusion. It's just music. It's, it's just music, remember. Is there a rancher's daughter listening who is being, who's being given a hard time by the, the sheep herders anywhere? I'm ready. I have the silver bullets. I'm ready to ride. Hi-oh, silver, away! This is WOR Radio, your station for news. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.